Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Well, as I said, we're starting a brand new series on relationships. And, um, you know, there's always, it's always a mixed bag. I'm sure that some of you uh, that were here last weekend that you heard me announce we're doing a relationship series. And a lot of ladies were super excited. And most men were probably going, you know what, why don't you go and take notes? I'll stay home. And ladies, you just got to understand that, that men kind of look at marriage like you look at a car, possibly look at a car. You just want it to work. You don't want to have to work on it. And they, they're like, you know, it's like you, you look at your husband and he's got the hood open and you're like, he doesn't know what he's doing. But he's just kind of looking at it and checking it out, making sure all the little sounds are gone and all this stuff. And when you tell them, Let's talk about marriage. It sounds the same thing like when they're saying, let's try to work on the car. And so that's why men kind of push back a little bit. And uh, so, but I I just want to tell you that I believe what we're talking about in this relationship series, there's something for everybody, whether you're single, divorced, uh, whatever place that you find yourself in, um, A lot of times it's easy to just go, this is just for married people. No, this is for, I I believe what we're going to talk about is going to be applied to everybody, and you'll get something out of this. I I, I know that you will. And so I pray that you will commit yourself to being here over the next few weeks as we dive into this. I also want to take a moment and mention this. Maybe you're sitting in, in the service with your kids, and you're like, oh, man, they're going to be talking about marriage and relationship. I think I better go check my kids in uh, to Kids Church, and you can do so. Or if you're comfortable with your kids uh, being in, in a series on marriage, uh, that's, that's fine. We encourage you to check your kids in to, to Kids Church if you can. I know that a lot of you maybe grew up in a church where they didn't talk about marriage and relationships. And I just want to tell you up front in this series, we are going to talk about the word that starts with an S. And we probably are going to talk about the word that starts with an M. And we'll talk about the word that starts with an L. And if we get really, really brave in this series, we're going to talk about the word that starts with a Q. Now, some of you are like, what starts with a Q? I can't, I can't say it. I just made that up. <laughs> some of you are like, what nasty word starts with a Q? And if I wouldn't have told y'all, y'all would have spent all afternoon today trying to figure out what word starts with a Q. But you know what? Talking about marriage and relationship, it can be fun, but it also can be complicated because as you know that, man, we live in a world that marriages and relationships are falling apart. And so I think it's a great thing for us to talk about and to dive into God's word and see what God's word says about it. Um, just to kind of have fun and break the ice a little bit this morning, let me just um, read off a couple of little questions you can answer out loud if you want to. I hope you will. This, you feel comfortable answering yes or no. Um, let me just ask you, number one, this question has to do with relationships. Is, is a girl more attractive if she orders a steak on the first date instead of a salad? A lot of meat eaters in here. Some of y'all are scared to answer. Now, be careful how you answer in this, but I need you just to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Y'all need to be confident here. Nobody's going to be judging you. Um, If your wife or girlfriend loves an outfit that isn't flattering, should you tell her? 
<laughs> All the single guys in here said yes. All the married guys go, no way. No, I'm not telling her that. Baby, you look awesome. Does a, does a healthier sex life lead to the husband cleaning the house? Some of y'all, yes. Listen, I'm not sure which comes first. Because, you know, they, they, they say there's this thing called chore play. Y'all know what chore play is? All the ladies in here go, I know what chore play is. All the men are going to go, chore play? I didn't know there was chore play. What can I fix around the house today? You're going to go home today. Baby, I got to fix something around this house because I got to do the chore play. (laughs) Your wife, nope, there ain't no projects to be done around this house today. (laughs) Sorry. No chore play going on today. You know, uh, talking about relationships and and, um, marriage, um, I've known for a couple months now that we were going to do this series, and and, uh, uh, my heart, as we've kind of approached this weekend as a pastor, I've just been praying about it. And even this week, I've been just seeking God and, and just asking God to help us and you know, I, I think we live in a time that we don't, we don't have time to just kind of go through some little series to say we did a series. We don't have time to just, like, talk about marriage and relationships just to say that we did. We just look around a little bit, and you see that marriages are in a lot of, lot of trouble. It's kind of honestly a little depressing when you look at a lot of relationships and a lot of marriages, because you are like, those people are miserable. And I'm sure a lot of singles a lot of times can look at a lot of married people and look around you and saying, man, why would I want to get married? Because everybody around you just seems like in their marriage relationships, something goes on that they're just like, their marriage, their marriage is lifeless. It's joyless. They're, they're, they're like, that love and feeling is not there anymore. There's no chemistry. I mean, it's just flat. And you're just kind of like almost like starting to kind of creep in your mind of going, you know what? Um, maybe I should get a divorce. My best friend's getting a divorce. So-and-so got a divorce, and they were kind of miserable in their marriage and their relationship. Maybe we need to do that, too, because I, this is like, I'm like, we're like roommates now. And listen, I'm not talking about the exception. I'm talking about the rule. Everywhere you look around, marriages are in trouble. And relationships are struggling. And it's like we're living in a culture that, 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 our marriages are broken. And I want you to hear me when I say this to you, that it is not God's will to you be, for you to be miserable in your marriage. That God is the one that instituted the, 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 the institution of marriage where one man, one woman come together and it ought to be the best thing that ever happened to you. 
It ought to be something that you love, that you're excited about. It should not be something that you are like, you know what, we're just kind of making it, trying to get through it. I think of scriptures like Proverbs 5.19 that said, let your mate's affection fill you at all times with delight. At all times with delight. Your marriage ought to be something incredible. It ought to be something that makes you happy. You know, every once in a while, you run into people that uh, they're, they have happy marriages. They love each other. They care about each other. And you are like, man, I want what they have. And I want to look at, at what God's word says about this because I believe that the answer to your marriage is found. The answer to bringing back the romance, the answer to bringing back the spark, the answer to your relationship. And listen to me, singles. Uh, there's a lot of people here that went into marriage and they were so clueless. Nobody talked about this in church. So I believe what, what God's word is going to show you today is going to equip you to be able to have the marriage that you always dreamed of. But to kind of understand what happens to us, we've got to kind of back up a little bit. And we've got to start to kind of go through the steps of the process of how did you get to where you're at today in your marriage and in your relationship. And uh, if you kind of back up and you start to think about that, the fact that all of us, when you were dating and, and uh, even from the time that you were younger, you started on this, this, this quest of all these hopes and all these dreams and the vision that you had and desires that you had for your marriage one day, for your relationship, and, and you, man, you were excited about it, and, and uh, you were thinking about all the, the things, and you kind of like uh, started creating this special box that's an invisible box in your life that it's got all these hopes, dreams, desires, and you kind of watched some movies. Maybe it was your parents that you saw their marriage. Maybe some of you had an older brother, older sister, and you were like, I want that kind of marriage, and that's the kind of marriage I'm going to have. And you started kind of gathering all those things, and you were like, you know what? Uh, when it comes to friends, this is my dream about how we're going to be. He's going to have his own friends, and I'm going to have my own friends. And we're going to be so confident and, and secure in ourselves that each one's going to be able to have their own friends. My husband's going to have his buddies. I'm going to have my girlfriends. And we're, our friends don't have to hang out. Maybe some of you, your dreams or vision and hopes have been, when it comes to friends, you were like, my husband's not going to have any friends that are not my friends. And I have to approve what buddies, because he's hung out with losers his whole life. And I'm, we're going to hang out like it's going to be just our friends together and he's going to say bye to all those friends. Maybe it has to do with your finances and money and you are like, I can't wait till we get married because we're going to have a dual income. And we're going to save so much money and we're going to pay cash for everything. No borrowing money. We're not financing anything. I have a dream, and it's in my box of, of the vision of what it's going to look like, and I can't wait. We're going to have a dual income, and some of you are like the opposite side of that. You are like, we're going to have dual income, and his income is going to be my income now, and I get to spend more. Budget? Who needs a budget? 
I just want to go shopping, and I'm going to go shopping, and my husband or my wife, we're going to both love to shop together because we love to look cool. We like to look good, and, and, and so you just kind of form those things like the chores. You start thinking about you have this dream, this vision of what your husband's going to do around the house, and he's going to work. He's going to be so handy. He's going to fix anything that's broken around the house. It's going to take care of everything, and, or your wife is going to be like this, and she's going to do all this stuff. That's gonna, she's going to cook like your mama. Like, like anything you ask, she's going to break it out and cook it. It's your dream. It's your vision. And then when it comes to the calendar, you're like, you're dreaming about how you're going to lay out your year and what holidays you're going to spend with, with what family. And some of you ladies were so generous with your husband. You sit down and you were like, I, babe, I feel so generous. I, all I'm asking for my family is that we just, like you just give my family, we spend just three holidays with my family and you can have the rest. Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter with my family. And you can have Halloween. We'll do Halloween with your family. Groundhog Day, your family, baby. Come on. Um, Festival of the Souls, baby. That's your, that's your, that's your family. We're going to do that one. And you have all these, these things that, that, that are dreams, and they're in this box. And it's what makes you who you are, and you love it. It's what you're dreaming. And somewhere, follow me, somewhere along the line, sometimes it happens the first year, second year, third year, somewhere in the marriage, something happens that is not seen to the visible eye. We take our dreams and our hopes and the vision that we have for what we want, and now... We've made them expectations. And when your dreams and your hopes and the desires that you have move from that area, from that box, and all of a sudden you take those things out of that box and now you've placed them. These are my expectations. This is what you're going to do. This is what I expect my wife to do. This is what I expect my husband to do. It's what I expect. She owes me. He owes me. This is what I've always wanted, and he needs to do this. She needs to do this. And what, what is so dangerous, again, this is the beginning of the romance, the joy, the happiness evaporating out of the marriage. Because this is a debt-to-debtor relationship. It's all about what you owe me. It's all about what you need to do for me because this is what, and this is, again, the breakdown of the marriage and the relationship, what makes it just, like, miserable. And what was meant to be enjoyable, now it's become transactional. Your marriage has become transactional, and, and when the relationship becomes transactional again, uh, it's no fun. And it's, it's this back and forth. It's all about the negotiation. And listen to me. Negotiation will kill romance. Negotiation will kill the fun out of your marriage because it's what you owe me. 
And what's really, this is the the side that we don't understand that, that really starts to shut people down is that the problem with being transactional in your relationship is the best negotiator in the relationship always wins in the negotiation. The best manipulator. The one that can like, you know, now babe, I'm telling you, I know these are your, what you, what you want in life, and, but you know what, and I, I know you think that that's the good thing for us to do, but you know, we've seen it. Your mom and dad did that, and you, we've seen how they are. We sure don't want to be like them. And it's easy to start this negotiation back and forth, and the, the best negotiator, the best manipulator is going to win. And the problem with this in a relationship is when, when one person wins, the relationship is the one that loses. Because you've got people starting to shut down. You've got people that are all of a sudden feeling like, you know what, man, this is, they owe me, she owes me. But see, listen to me, as long as I continue to dump all of my expectations on my wife, Melissa, all the romance is going to get drained out of it. And let me show you this because this is important. If somebody owes me $500, Okay, and they say, um, you know, Pastor Stephen, hey, man, it's good to see you. You know what? I just want to let you know I appreciate you, and I want to give you $100. You know what I'm thinking? Where's my other $400? You owe me $500. You're not doing me a favor by giving me $100. And this is what happens in a marriage relationship is when you think somebody owes you something, you're taking away away their ability to love you. So when they do what you expect, you can't recognize love. You can't recognize what they're doing to show this affection towards you because you expect it. Man, listen to me. If your expectation of your wife is that you're going to, she's going to have sex with you three times a week. All the men are going, man, I love this pastor. Oh, praise (laughs) Jesus. Hallelujah. I love this pastor. We're talking about sex. All the ladies are got this whore three times a week. Are you crazy, pastor? (laughs) But, but listen to me, this, this is where it's dangerous. Men, if you have that expectation of three times a week to have sex and your wife or two times and your wife has sex with you two times, you're not feeling the love. You're just like, well, she owes that to me. That's her job. That, that She's supposed to do that. And what you do is you're removing their ability to love you. When you're, 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 your wife or husband does something to you. See, listen to you. Want to know what you think is an expectation? You may be like, I don't know what my expectations are. Some men don't even know they have a box. But you do have a box and you have these expectations. Your expectation is the things that you don't show gratitude for. It's, it's probably your expectation. It's what you don't show gratitude for. It's just that you expect it. And what happens, though, is that, again, you, you, you remove this ability to love each other because it's a debt-to-debt relationship. And, again, this is where the romance dies. 
Because this is all about negotiation and, hey, you blew the budget last week and it's my turn to blow the budget and you did this and now it's my turn and you owe me and when are we going to have sex now? My wife says that to me all the time and I just tell her, babe, I just want to cuddle. <laughs> I, I just like, that's all she wants to do. And I'm like, babe, I, I'm a human being. Would you just hold me? Can we just like cuddle? But y'all pray for me. Hey. hey, seriously, this has nothing to do with my message, but how many of y'all got allergy problems? I, I've been like, allergies are killing me. I took a Benadryl this morning, so I don't know what I'm saying today. <laughs> That's my excuse with my wife. My wife's going to go, why did you say that? Well, baby, it's a Benadryl. I just kind of want to lay down and go to sleep. Yeah, I'm in trouble. Uh, but it's the, it starts to shut down the romance as long as you think we, you owe me. And it's these expectations and your mind starts to kind of play crazy games with you and you start looking around at other people's spouse and you're like, you know what, I thought I was going to get a stud, but I got a dud. My man is not a stud, he's a dud. You look at, at, at him and then you look at... at Somebody else's spouse, and you're like, man, I bet he's awesome. Man, I bet he runs. He's like, he works out. He does everything perfect. I bet he don't lay around the couch eating Cheetos, watching TV all day, doing nothing. I bet that man's getting up and doing stuff, and men start looking at other people's wives, and you're like, man, I bet she is awesome. I bet that guy, every time he comes home, his wife's in lingerie. <laughs> I bet every night, like, he comes home at 5 o'clock, his wife's already got negligee on. Some of y'all don't know what negligee is. <laughs> I said that in the earlier service. My wife goes, do not say negligee. I'm like, Kenny Rogers says that. Randy Travis. Randy Travis sang a song about that. I can say negligee. Some people know about that. But you're like, you know what, my wife, she, all she wears is the not tonight, honey, nightgown. That, that, listen, ladies, we know what nightgown that is. We got that one pegged, and you, your mind just starts going crazy with you, and you're, you're thinking about this, and, and you're getting bitter and resentful because she owes me this, and, and like, or he owes me this, and now all of a sudden it's a stalemate, and every once in a while you're throwing out, well, all right, I'll have sex with him. All right, I'll do this. I guess I got to go do that. I guess I got to go cook a meal. I guess I better clean up. And all. It just, there's no romance. There's no joy. And if you look at the Bible, it, 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 it tells you what awakens your marriage. It's, it's so clearly that you can see this. See, I want to show you this because in Ephesians 5.21, there's, there's this teaching that the Apostle Paul gives us that he shows us that, you know what, a, a Christian marriage, a Christian marriage is not that you got married in a church. A Christian marriage is not that a pastor performed your, your marriage. A Christian marriage is, listen to me, a Christian marriage is where your spouse owes you nothing. Your spouse owes you nothing. You want to bring the romance back and the 
the, the passion, the fun, the happiness, what happy people know is this, is that you need to take your expectations back and put them in the desire box. And you remove all the expectations out of your marriage, and now all of a sudden, nobody owes anything to anybody, and everything that anybody does in a marriage is a gift. That anything anybody does, it's a gift. It's not expected. Listen to what Ephesians 5.21 says. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And I know that the word submit is kind of a nasty word in our culture, and we don't like that very much. But listen to me. It simply means prioritize the other person's needs over your own. It just means to put the other person's needs over your own. And verse 22, he gets to to marriage, and he says in, in verse 22, Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. And wives, it says, as to the Lord. Does it say submit to your husbands because they're great? Does it say submit to your husbands because they're wonderful or they deserve it? No, it says as to the Lord. He goes on to say in verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The bottom line here is he's saying submit yourselves to one another. Submit yourself. Nobody owes anything. There's no expectations. And when you come to uh, in a marriage and you begin to submit to each other and you begin to make it about a submission competition, it's when the romance comes back. And it's what happy people know. It's when you put the other person's needs above yourself. And so there is a submission competition going on in your marriage where you can't, you are like, you cannot wait to submit yourself and to serve your spouse. And you're like, church lets out today. You're racing out to the car, men, to open the door for your wife. Isn't it funny how when you usually see somebody opening the door for their wife, you're like, they're dating. <laughs> they're not married. It's a submission competition where you are, are not looking for them to, to, to meet all your needs and all this stuff. Listen, God's the only one that can meet your needs. And this isn't about your expectations and that you, you're, all my expectations, my dream, all this stuff, that it's not getting fulfilled. Listen to me. What if you were to have this relationship where it was a, a debt-free relationship where nobody owed anything to anybody and you began to just say, you know what, I'm going to serve my spouse. You know, I've been very transparent with you guys through the years about my own struggles. I've shared with you about my my issues with anxiety and panic attacks. And I, listen, I've got a lot of things wrong. But one thing that I've got right is my marriage. And um, I, I've been married 27 years. And, but I want to tell you something. A lot of times people look at pastors and, and, and ministers and you think, you're like, oh, the, all pastors have perfect marriages. Listen to me. We don't have a perfect marriage. Like, I know my wife looks all sweet and beautiful, but don't let that fool you. She is stubborn. My wife is so hard-headed. Like, and especially, like, she's a cone, and so if she's hungry, you better stay away from her. Now, me, I'm a man of God. <laughs> That's a Benadryl. Uh, 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, we've had our issues, and we've had, we, man, we, we fight about a lot of stuff. We have arguments about all kinds of stuff. But one of the things that we've gotten right, what's made our marriage happy, fun, what's, what's kept us strong for 27 years is that we submit ourselves to each other. We serve each other. And this isn't about something that she owes me. I want to serve my wife. And I do it unto the Lord because that's the way God treated me. I love this passage of Scripture, and let me close with this today. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. This is a powerful Scripture that I, I just want to read this to you and let you hear these words. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Like we could stop right there. And imagine how different your relationships would be if you just did that and applied that single verse to your life. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests. It's, it's when you are not looking to your own interests. You are, you're looking to the interests of your spouse. But each of you should, to the interests of the others, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. And the, again, this is the same thing as Ephesians 5. It's, what's the motivation of all of this? The motivation is not because they deserve it or because they have earned it. The motivation in all of this is because Christ has already done this for me. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus Christ stepped down. He humbled himself. He served us. He came to rescue us. You know, I pray today that, and I know that in this room with this group of people, there are a lot of marriages that you're like, this thing is dead. What if today you let God do something powerful? you ask God, God, would you help me gather up all my expectations and put them back in this box of dreams and hopes? Listen, your dreams and hopes are God-given. God gave you those things, but you took those expectations back and you said, God, help me to take one step today and let this be about we got a debt-free marriage. Nobody owes anything. And everything we do for each other, as we submit ourselves, we serve each other, it is going to bring back the beauty of our marriage and what we used to have. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for every person here today, God. I thank you for, God, the way you love us. And God, I thank you for second chances fact that you never ever give up on us and God I pray that this word today would become so alive in our hearts 
God, we would be able to take this and apply this in our marriages, in our relationships, God, that we would be people that would be confident enough to submit ourselves. God, I know this is scary for a lot of us. We get nervous. We start to pull back all the expectations. God, I pray that we would rely and know that, God, you are a big God and that you can work in people's lives. Bring healing today. Bring restoration, God. I thank you for that. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com. Dot com.